you can join the fight to defend employee-funded and association PACs by texting NABPAC to 52886. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast. I'm Michaela Isler, NABPAC's Executive Director, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Adam Belmar. And this is episode 56 of the number one PAC podcast in America. And Michaela, I'm thrilled about this episode because our guest is someone with amazing credentials, great insights, and infectious energy, and she has her own podcast. You are right. Angel Riley is all of that. I agree. But what really makes her, you know, the perfect guest for today's episode is that she typifies the diverse skill set and broad communication skills that the best pack managers possess. You know, Adam, we focused over the last four episodes on the topics of professional development, transferable skills, and the small business mindset of pack managers. So today our listeners get to hear from one of their very own, a 20-year veteran who is just getting started. And that's only her day job. Angel Riley manages the employee-funded political action committee at Lidos. And for those of you who don't know, Lidos is a global Fortune 500 with 43,000 employees. They are leaders in the development and application of technology. Lidos works extensively with the U.S. Department of Defense, Homeland Security, the intelligence community, as well as other government civil agencies and selected commercial markets. Coming up, a veteran PAC director with a whole lot going on. Angel Riley from Lidos is with us live in just a minute. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPA activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community, Michaela. Thanks, Adam. And joining us now on this very dreary day here in D.C. is Angel Riley. She manages the LPAC, the employee-funded political action committees at Lidos, and she is also a certified success coach as well as a fellow podcaster. Angel, welcome to the Facts About PACs podcast. Thank you, Michaela. I'm excited to be here with you and Adam today. Well, Angel, you really are here on the perfect day. Your personal story with, you know, over 20 years in the industry really, for me, is an inspiring one. I want everyone listening to get a sense of your career path before we jump into your leadership of LPAC, which you assumed during the pandemic. Angel, you actually started off at the Federal Election Commission. Yes, Michaela, I did. I started my career with the FEC and then I moved on over to the fun side of PAC management. And I've been fortunate enough to manage the political affairs programs for a few Fortune 500 corporations and prominent trade associations. I also had the opportunity to spend a couple of years in an ethics and business compliance role. Tell everybody a little bit more about that because you have moved up and around and really been a part of the enterprises that you have worked in, Angel. Absolutely. I mean, it was great. And with one of my employers, I had the opportunity to go into a mid-level management two-year rotational program for um, leaders. And this was just your way to show your commitment to the corporation and that your skills were transferable. And with the beginning of my career in compliance, campaign finance compliance, and being considered a subject matter expert for the corporation in that area, I was able to show that I understood how to apply various laws in very simple ways to keep the company engaged, to keep the company legal, and to keep the company off of the front page of the Washington Post, as we like to say when we started. And with that role, it really helped me understand 
so much more about how Fortune 500 corporations operate. It allowed me to see the connection between government affairs and so many regulatory affairs agencies and so forth. Well, Angel, you stepped into your current role right before the election in the middle of a pandemic. What challenges did you face and what can you say about last cycle's outcome? Well, I'm going to start with the outcome first. And we had an amazing outcome. You know, we were able to raise money and introduce a lot of new things to our employees fairly quickly. So when I came on board at Lidos, we had not had a pack manager for about five months. I was eight days on the job when my first solicitation went out. And we also were building an entire government affairs staff. So I was the fourth hire of our small team of 10. We also were going through an internal audit. We had a crisis communication situation. And as my senior vice president says so well, we're basically building the plane while in flight. One of the things that you focus on is outreach and really keeping that cadence of communication up. Tell us when you think about the first solicitation, how was it received? I know that you guys had a good outcome, but how did that process play out for you? Well, we were really fortunate that our solicitation was received very well by our employees. We had just acquired a couple of companies. So that was great. It was the first introduction of the pack to those new Lytos employees, you can say, because we're all one family. So it was received very, very well. And I think it was just a refresher to get away from all of the COVID shutdown communications that we were getting. So it was fun, engaging, and timed perfectly. One of the things that we've talked a lot about on this broadcast, Angel, is January 6th. It was a sad and scary moment for everybody. Can you share with our listeners today what it was in the hours that followed and how did it play out for LPAC and Lidos? Adam, that's a great question. And I want to start by saying January 6th had a little bit of a different meaning to me personally. We originally had our LPAC board meetings scheduled for that day in my office, which is right at 101 Constitution at the Senate. And we made a decision like it was about a week before, and we made a decision to reschedule the PAC board meeting to March. And it was amazing to sit in my home and watch what was unfolding on the television, knowing me and my PAC board members who happened to be the executive leadership team of our corporation would have all been there in the midst of what was going on downtown. It just takes a different meaning to me and a different level of appreciation. But I think Lighthouse responded so well and we responded quickly and exactly how we should have. Our CEO addressed the situation within eight hours by sending out a mass employee communication. And then we actually paused our political contributions very quickly after and communicated with all of our PAC members and employees. So we were one of the first um, corporations in our industry to actually initiate a pause. What were the discussions with your PAC board in those days immediately after January 6th? Well, we were already in the process of adding a values criterion to our candidate giving criteria. And it was a perfect time to really look at what we were adding and how to apply it when making our contributions, because sometimes it's like, OK, great, you know, character and integrity. But what does that really mean? So with our PAC board, which they were just 
I'm amazed and I'm thankful that I had a PAC board that was ready to answer the hard questions. We met within a month of it happening and I proposed what our new values criterion was and then proposed how to apply it when we were looking at various members. So we took that and we made some adjustments and then we did an official vote the following 30 days. And that's when we decided to lift our pause after we knew that we had a strong values criterion that matched the Lido's core values, and we had a way to apply it to keep us accountable to our PAC members. How did you infuse your skills really as a storyteller with those employees and your eligible class? What tactics were you using and, and what was the cadence? That's a great question, Michaela. And What I was fortunate to have was January 6th because employees were very vocal about how they felt about political involvement and about the LPAC. I also came into where we did a survey, a PAC survey in 2019. So I had a lot of data to look at and say, what is it that I need to put out first for my employees? And the first thing I did was, you know, I got our blog active, not only the PAC blog, but the government affairs blog, where I'm putting out more communications. This is the most communications our employees have received out of the government affairs department pretty much in years. And I use NABPAC as actually my number one resource. So I actually post the Facts About PACs podcast with a small introduction. I use the What is a PAC toolkit. We redesigned the PAC website where we've added a disbursement map where you can see who we're giving to in real time. Um, At the request of our CEO, we've initiated where um, PAC members can now have a political party preference or choose for their contribution to be purple, which is our signature color. And that's in accordance to our candidate giving criteria. And then we also had SAJAC um, had did a wonderful education campaign for us with fabulous material that was timely, easily digestible. So I've taken that material and recycled it by adding it to our website, as well as using it as part of the communications that we sent out as we were dealing with the various things that happened with January 6th. It wasn't but minutes ago that you were described as somebody who possesses the talents and skill sets of the best pack managers. And that answer helps me see exactly why. When I think back to the questions that we're always talking about with experts and managers from across our sector, if your first question is like Angel Riley's, it's not what do I need from my employees? It's what do they need from me? And It's not always roses. There's dissent. There are people who are unhappy either with outcomes or being solicited to be a part of this. You're not immune from that. Talk for a second for PAC managers about how you have personally dealt and listened to and spoken to the folks who are decidedly not with you. Well, Adam, the first thing that I say is that you have to change your perspective. You know, when you have so many balls in the air like I have, when you have an employee that is misinformed or just anti-pack in some of their language, you can get really discouraged. You can get defensive. So you have to change the perspective. And I've changed the perspective to help me understand, um, to help me deal with it better by saying, oh, I have a fan club. So I have a president and vice president of the fan club. And it makes me smile and happy to engage with my fans. Um, And it also challenges me. It challenges me to make sure that I maintain transparency, um, that I'm open, you know, about all things, whether I'm getting a phone call or um, responding to a post on um, our blog. And I'm always being honest. 
Um, and I have, you know, employees that have gone as far as our corporate board of directors, employees that tag our CEO constantly, employees that have tagged my executive vice president and so forth. So it's just I have a fan club. I love them and I enjoy that they make me that much better of a communicator in the political involvement space. I love that, Angel. I mean, to be able to change that perspective and look at it as an opportunity to further develop is just a strong message I want our listeners to hear. You are independent of Lidos, a certified success coach, which actually shouldn't surprise any of us that you have changed the mindset within Lidos. And you're also the host of a wonderful podcast, The Chronicles of Doing Too Much. You personify transferable skills in your first career and your side hustle. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, Michaela, managing a pack has really equipped me with basic entrepreneurship skills. You know, so basically when you look at it, we do business development, we do marketing, we're serving an audience to generate revenue, we do financial forecasting, compliance, business strategy, relationship building, and so much more. Those are all key elements in entrepreneurship. So I always had a side hustle, but I didn't realize that I was essentially scaling up that side hustle that I was putting modest effort towards by simply doing the same things I did at work. So as a coach, I streamline the pack management business processes and I teach others how to set up and scale a side hustle um, just using basic skills and effectively managing your time. In terms of the podcast, Oh, my God. I'm a natural communicator and quite social in case you guys haven't realized that Um, the podcast allows me to actually marry my personality and entrepreneurship coaching. We have fun on the chronicles of doing too much. And most importantly, the destiny seekers walk away from each episode with at least one valuable takeaway to help them achieve goals. I love this podcast. It's one that I subscribe to when it comes up in my playlist. I am ready for it. And you know what, listeners? This is one of the things that primes me every time. Take a listen to this. Welcome to the Chronicles of Doing Too Much. Go on and put on them shades because we about to shine, baby. That's right out of the beginning of this podcast. Put your sunglasses on. We're about to shine. Angel Riley, where do you get the energy and how do you find the people that you converse with on this show? Believe it or not, most of the people I've met on Facebook and a lot of times my podcast interview is when I meet them or speak to them for the very first time. So I've developed a following on Facebook when I put out and launched that I have my podcast. So many people filled out my guest interview form. And I was just amazed because it was the image and the brand that I was presenting on Facebook and everyone was ready to just jump on board. So that's how we got the Chronicles. Angel Riley, PAC director at Lido, success coach and the host of her own podcast, The Chronicles of Doing Too Much. Thank you for sharing your insights and experience with all of us on the Facts About PACs podcast. So great to be with the both of you today. Thanks, Angel. And thanks to everyone downloading and sharing the Facts About PACs podcast. As ever, employee-funded and business trade association PACs are the most transparent and regulated form of political giving. And NAPAC is dedicated to defending that record and championing the amazing PAC professionals who lead vital teams. Subscribe and meet us right back here next week when Amy Showalter will be our guest and you will be put to the test. Can you answer yes to Showalter's three key questions for all employee-funded and business trade association PAC managers? All that and more coming up on the Facts About PACs podcast.